Welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. If you're one of my regular listeners, I'm delighted to see you. And if you're new, welcome to the show. I'm Clarissa Christensen, and today we're going to be talking about something that we've not talked about before on this show, and it's menopausal skin. And I was so delighted when today's guest came forth and said to me she wanted to talk about this because it was my bugbear, and I know it's something women talk a lot about, the fact that their skin changes and it does not seem to be anything other than a problem. So I'm delighted today to invite onto the show Alison Blard. She is a BANT-registered nutritional therapist, and she spent many years also working in the beauty therapy industry, specializing with midlife women, and in particular women going through perimenopause and menopause. Welcome to the show, Alison. Thank you. So thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm delighted. It's a big topic and certainly one you must come across that many women have issues with their skin at this time of life. Yes, I've been working many, as you said, in, in the beauty therapy and in the working with nutritional therapy and it's a real problem for women that there's so many women out there that when you hit midlife or go into perimenopause and menopause you start seeing changes in the skin then there's so many things that you have to deal with at that time of life anyway the last thing you need is to then start having issues with your skin so I've seen many different skin problems and skin issues with ladies in midlife yes absolutely yeah, and that's been one of your key areas of focus for your work, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I have specialised in women's health. I, when I trained to be a, a beauty therapist, I decided to specialise in women's health. Uh, one, because of I had quite bad skin when I was growing up in, in my teenage years. And also seeing my mother's friends, friends of friends, really suffering through these times in their life and not really getting the answers and, and the help that they needed you know there's many different things that can happen to the skin in this time period We're developing adult acne pigmentation wrinkles lines and, and wrinkles on the skin there's just big changes in the skin which is like I say very distressing for many women yes definitely and I think those changes are unexpected sometimes, aren't they, Alison? Yes, to totally. You like to think if you've had relatively good skin throughout your life, then when you get into your, your mid-40s, you, you think, okay, my skin is what it is and I can look after it. But you don't expect to suddenly develop acne and you certainly don't expect to have pigmentation problems and, and dry skin. And there's so many different issues and it's unfortunately down to hormones the imbalance in hormones and the decline in estrogen yes and it doesn't happen quickly it's gradual changes isn't it for women yes uh, yeah. I, th I think the the main that I hear from many of my clients is that you know it it's the facial lines and the wrinkles as the aging of the skin gradually creeps up on you. You think, oh, where did that come from? I didn't have that wrinkle there. Or why is my skin becoming so dry? Or why am I suddenly sensitive to, to products that I've been using for many years? Yeah, it, it does gradually creep up on you. And, and then when you 
get slightly older, you suddenly start to, I didn't look like this 10 years ago. I really need to do something. Yes. And, and I think that that mix, and then you mentioned acne, and, and that can be quite shocking, can't it, to suddenly develop yeah. acne? I mean, the, as I said, I had, as a, a teenager, developed acne. And it's just so distressing. It really knocks your self-confidence. You become quite introvert really because you you don't want to go out you, your face is what people see first you don't want to go out and and people because children are also very cruel aren't they when you're that age they can be quite mean so I absolutely know how it feels luckily I haven't yet had any problems with acne in adult life but it is extremely distressing for women and on top of that you've got all the other things to deal with in midlife menopause you, you're probably quite stressed you've got an extremely busy lifestyle maybe aging parents that you need to look after so it's like the whole thing it can just be overwhelming yes and I think then you've got things like hot flashes going on as well where you're suddenly hot and all and, and bright red and then you cool down and all your makeups mm. run everywhere <laughs> and it adds to the not looking so great no factor it's terrible and you like to put your makeup on and maybe think you've made an effort in the morning and then you're sitting at work and have a hot flush and your skin reddens it become irritated and your makeup really is not there anymore is it because you you're just so hot it, it, it you lose it due to moisture on the skin but yeah there's many issues that happen to women which is, like I say are very distressing yes and you mentioned irritation that's something women don't expect isn't it is like your skin can become very itchy let alone dry but itchy and irritated mm -hmm. Is that also hormone related? Yes, yes, it is. It's fascinating. I find hormones fascinating. It's fascinating the effect that the estrogen has on the skin and it has an effect on virtually every part of, of the body. But there are a considerable amount of estrogen receptors in the skin. And when are, the levels of estrogen start to decline, this is when you start to see the, these things happening in the skin. And oestrogen is important to hydrate the skin. It, it enables the skin to hold water. And it also has a, an effect on the thickness of the skin. So if your skin is becoming drier, it does become itchier. It becomes more, more irritated, uh, much easier. Uh, so that is one of the reasons of itchy skin. And also... The fact that you can become sensitive towards products that you've you maybe used for many years, but you can suddenly become uh, sensitive. So, I mean, estrogen is needed in the skin. It gives us that lovely, youthful, fresh, glowing skin. And it's also needed for oil production. We have what we call like the sebaceous glands in the skin, and they're, they're what produce oil. And if your skin isn't producing enough oil, then it becomes dry and, and irritated. And it's actually the, the thickness of the skin can, you know, you see as you get older, you can see that the skin becomes thinner in, in tech. And this is due to lack of estrogen. There was actually a very interesting study uh, that's, that they're looking at with the correlation between skin thickness and risk of osteoporosis in menopause. 
they, they, they think that it's, nothing's confirmed, but they think that there could be a correlation between if you have slightly thinner skin during menopause, then you might be more susceptible to um, having osteoporosis. Wow. So the skin really is an indicator of your hormonal state and the state of your health. Mm. Absolutely. I don't know if someone's healthy and happy and vibrant, then their skin is glowing. Whereas if you're tired or stressed or maybe eating the incorrect diet and not living a healthy lifestyle, do that in people's faces. Yes, you do. Definitely. If you had to list the most common problems that you've seen, what would they be? The most common problems, I would say, is uh, pigmentation, what is also known as age spots. So you can all of a sudden just see some darker, what we call hyperpigmentation on areas of the skin. That's a very common one with women. Also, ageing, fine lines and wrinkles. And we all are a bit vain, really, aren't we? Even though we don't like to admit it, nobody, nobody wants... We do, we do want to retain our youthful glow as, as long as possible. So that's a common issue with ladies. And also dry skin, dry, as we were saying, dry, irritated skin. Acne, absolutely. Maybe acne isn't quite as common as uh, pigmentation and, and fine lines and, and wrinkles. But, and lack of tone in the skin. You, you notice that the, the skin starts to sag. I know that's a horrible word. <laughs> you lose the the, the <laughs> yeah. tone, so the t- the skin starts starts to sag, and generally the the colour and the tone of the skin isn't the same. So they're the main real no. problems that most women have. Yes, yeah, that and that's interesting. And I think pigmentation is something. I saw a lot when I, because I did went through my menopause in Australia where it's very hot and people mm. have very sun damaged skin as well. And pigmentation was definitely a big issue for those women because they had, they'd spent a lifetime with a, either their head in the water swimming or out in the sun, not always as sun protected as they might mm. be. And that was clearly a big issue there. Yeah. It is is so true, Clarissa, that when I was growing up, we didn't, sun protection factor didn't really exist. There was, but it was a very low, maybe two or three you could get. And so you just used to lie in the sun and just bake, basically. That's what everybody did. And what happens in later life is that's when you start to see the pigmentation. You can get away with it up until your, your 40s. And all the sun damage combined with the uh, decline in hormones starts to cause pigmentations on the face. Yeah, so that's probably a good advice is to use sunscreen right from the beginning. Put your sunscreen on and don't do what probably both of us did. And especially having a Swedish mother, she was all about getting out and getting as much sun on you as possible because the, the sun doesn't shine much here. Or it certainly didn't uh, as much as it does now, I think. We had a thick ozone layer and we were outside sunning, sunning, sunning. But we don't do that now. No, I think there's our knowledge of 
you know, the sun and the damaging effects it has on the skin is much better now. But there's a fine line as well between that, because we do, your mother was right, that we do need to be outside in, in sunlight, because there's many benefits to sunlight, but there's a limit to how much we need. And wearing sun protection is what you need for the face. And studies show and recommend that you use a sun protection factor at, at least 30 now so 30 plus really is is what you should be using on the skin and a lot of products a lot of day creams do actually now contain this so you don't have to think about applying an extra moisturizer or extra sun product you can just use one product in the morning yeah which is good it's not sunny here but having experienced it one of the things i noticed as well was that For me personally, my rosacea got a lot worse. Now, I've had rosacea all my life, but during perimenopause, it was terrible. I was so flushed and red all the time and Mm. lots of veins coming up. Is that something you also see among your clients? Yes, yes, because it's that the the lack of estrogen causes sensitivity on the skin and that can trigger, if you have rosacea, that can absolutely trigger that off. And also the lack, as we get older, the skin becomes drier and the sebaceous glands don't work as they would, which are the glands that produce uh, oil on the skin. So all this together combined can absolutely trigger off uh, rosacea because acne rosacea is something that you really have to learn to treat and and deal with it's it's hard to cure it it's not really possible but you learn to uh, use products and and, and nutrition and lifestyle to actually help to keep it at bay yeah so saying that what are some of the key things that women who are struggling with their skin could do to improve it that there are obviously many things, but the, if we talk about nutrition first, it's key to have a, a good uh, diet because this shows in your skin. The main thing that I would say is to reduce sugar intake. So reduce uh, the consumption of, of processed food. Sugar, it's not really beneficial for anything, but it's not beneficial for the skin. And there's something called uh, sh- sugar sag. So when you've if you've had a a big dinner and, and consumed a high amount of sugar, sugar sag really means that it your skin quickens the loss of collagen and elastin in the skin. A high sugar diet and the collagen elastin is uh, proteins, and these are what we need to give our skin the support and the structure and and that lovely glow. So processed foods, absolutely, really think about eliminating sugary foods from the diet or think more on the lines of oh uh, that was horrid when you said that I just goes like ooh, ooh, I just was like oh that's horrible that sort of sugar sag <laughs> and I just thought oh that's enough to put me off any sugar <laughs> I know it's not a very nice word is it but it, it gives you the general picture of what happens definitely yes um, and more, think more on the lines of a Mediterranean-style uh, diet where fruit and vegetables, I know everyone thinks, oh, fruit and vegetables. We, we do know, and I think everybody agrees that we should eat fruit and vegetables. 
and, and they are fantastic for your skin because of the high content of antioxidants uh, in the skin. So they, what that means is that they prevent cellular damage. So they keep the skin looking good. And a Mediterranean diet has a lot of fruit and vegetables, olives, all the wonderful healthy fats, uh, olives, uh, olive oil, fish and white meat, nuts and seeds, legumes, small amount of red meat, but not, it's predominantly fish and, and white meat. So that's more of the style of eating that you should be thinking about for skin health. And then making sure that you get your vitamins, which if you eat that sort of diet, you will be. Vitamin C is crucial. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The skin healing, which can, with decline in estrogen, can affect uh, wound healing. So vitamin C is needed in the skin. Vitamin E is great for skin structure. And protect, and then obviously vitamin D that we spoke about, which is crucial for skin protection. And also, it's interesting because there's some research coming out now saying that estrogen increases the activity uh, of the enzyme that is needed to activate vitamin. D. So what they're saying is that in later life, when your estrogen levels decline, you might be more vulnerable to vitamin D. Interesting. There's some really interesting things coming out now, aren't there, around more evidence of the role of estrogen in not just the normal kind of way we thought about it around our, our sort of reproductive system, but really this this role that it can be playing in the skin is is very it's quite new research. Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's just it, I think estrogen is such a key player in everything from head to toe in the body. Uh, and especially the skin, it's like I said, it's very, there's so many estrogen receptors in the skin. It's, it's needed for all uh, aspects of skin. Yeah. yeah. So beyond nutrition, what other things can women be either doing or avoiding? Yeah. As far as nutrition obviously works from the inside, you have to put all these pieces together. And, and when I was working as a beauty therapist and, and doing aesthetic treatments on clients, we would always get to a, a certain level with the treatment, but there was always that bit missing. It was, okay, I can't improve this client's skin anymore. And it was fascinating to see clients that then had worked on the nutritional and lifestyle side of it. And that was the piece missing. It was like everything came together when you had both the, the outside and the inside. So what the key things that I would say to, to people as far as lifestyle and what to do with the skin from the outside is to have a good skincare routine because you need to look after your skin from the outside. And that can involve in the morning when you wake up to use a, clean, a cleansing product that is suitable for your skin. So always get advice from a professional on what products you should use for your skin. 
So a, a good cleansing product, a, a tonic, so toning lotion. So that's what we should do in the morning. And then apply a day cream, a day cream that has some protection factor, 30 plus. You can apply what we call a serum, which is that would you would apply that under the day cream. And that is something that is more active, has more active ingredients in. And that's very good for dry skin that you can develop over menopause. So that's what you do in the morning. And then in the evening, you would you basically do the same thing. So you cleanse your skin. If you have makeup, remove your eye makeup and lip makeup, cleanse and tone your skin again, and then apply a night cream. A night cream is the, the difference between a day and night cream is that a, a day cream is more for protection, to protect you from outside and the environment. Whereas a night cream is full of rich really intense ingredients to feed your skin throughout the night and also an eye cream mustn't forget the eye cream because that's a crucial product for ladies uh, as we get older because we we really want to keep the wrinkles around your eyes at bay as long as possible so that's really what you should be thinking of doing and then peeling the skin using the exfoliation once or twice a week and maybe a facial mask and it doesn't for somebody that maybe hasn't used skincare, you don't need to start with loads of products. Just get a routine in place that works for you. Because these days there's so many combined products that you can buy if, if you're someone that hasn't got much time or thinks, oh no, that's not for me. I'm not, I couldn't possibly use that amount of products. So do what suits you, but using soap and water on the skin isn't very beneficial for skin health. No. And there's a lot of menopausal specific products coming out now. As a professional, what's your view on those? Regarding skin skincare, I think the best thing that I would do is you always have to look at a person's skin and really do a very good skin analysis and give them the recommendations of products that suit their skin type. Because these menopausal products that they're really only treating one specific thing they may be okay for clients that don't have any problems but I think if you are suffering from real problems with your skin then you go and see a, a, a professional and, and get some advice and, and products recommended to you rather than just buying what you think maybe suits your skin mm. Yeah, that's the minefield, isn't it? And some treatment, I had a lot of laser and light therapy, which seemed to help my rosacea, or should I say it knocked it to a space where I could then manage it with a routine. Is it advisable to consider those or talk to a therapist around those? It's more, sometimes more invasive treatments. Mm. Absolutely. The professional um, aesthetic beauty therapy treatments, I would absolutely recommend, but go to a professional and, and get the advice on the treatments that are best for your skin condition. As you mentioned, Clarissa, laser, there's some fantastic laser treatments that can be used for various different skin issues from rejuvenation to acne problems. And then you've got microneedling, whereas you, you stimulate the skin with a very small pen that's got little small needles in it. 
and, and exfoliating the skin, doing treatments where you remove the surface dead layer of skin is gives amazing results. It really gives youth back to the skin. So there are some professional treatments, absolutely, that, that I would recommend in combination with having a good skin care routine at home. Yeah. And some of the things to avoid, things like alcohol. That's yeah. a big topic for menopausal women. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, alcohol, smoking is, is, is terrible for your skin. It really is. There are absolutely no benefits to alcohol and smoking for the skin. Sun exposure, so as we've already spoke about, overexposure to the sun is detrimental to the skin and sugary diets and stress. As always, stress has to come up, doesn't it? Stress isn't really beneficial for, for anything, but stress shows on the skin and it causes inflammation in the body. So learning to manage stress with different techniques, whether it's yoga or meditation, will help skin health. It's, it's so bad for the skin, stress, because of the release of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. This has an inflammatory effect on the skin. You can see that in the form of irritations. There's actually some research saying that cortisol can cause pigmentation on the skin. So the good old stress which is really a problem in society for everybody. Yeah, so it feels to me like lifestyle really matters. I think that's the message I'm, I'm hearing from you, Alison, what you eat, how you manage your stress, and avoiding the things that we know aren't as good for us, alcohol, sugar, smoking. Yeah. One of the things I see that comes up a lot is also hydration and drinking enough water. From your perspective, what do you think around that? Yes, hydration is key in, in menopause, perimenopause, menopause. Oestrogen, when the oestrogen levels decline, it, the skin becomes drier. Oestrogen enables the skin to hold water, the skin's ability to hold water. So as our hormone levels decline, we can't hold as much water in the skin, so the skin becomes drier. So what consuming water is key to skin health hard to say exactly how much water you should drink daily depending on how active you are but a good measure is two liters of water a day you should really think of consuming for skin health for overall health not just for skin health but it's such a key player water and we do all forget you think that you drink enough water but it's actually quite interesting when you really think, okay, I'm going to drink two litres today, you don't, on, on a normal day, you wouldn't drink that much water. You forget. Yeah, you do You do forget you don't drink as much water as, as you should. And you have to be conscious about it, I think. And it's very easy to drink coffee, drink tea. They're, I think they're dehydrating. <laughs> and then suddenly realise, gosh, I haven't downed, you know, eight glasses of water or two litres of water today it just hasn't happened and I think especially for those of us that live in a colder climate like you and I do Alison mm -hmm. drinking lots of cold water is not <laughs> is something we particularly reach so we have to be conscious about that yeah what, what I do I recommend some of my clients because water also it can be it's, it can be a bit boring can't it it doesn't really taste very much 
that you can put like frozen fruit in it or a slice of lemon or lime or apple whatever and that kind of just it just makes it a bit more exciting gives it a bit more taste very true that's yeah it does it helps i put lime or lemon in mine to encourage me uh, to drink it because I, otherwise i don't yeah and i notice that difference since i moved from Australia to here, I stopped drinking huge amounts of water because it was cold and I wasn't up to it. So I had to, yes, you're right, add something to it to encourage myself to drink. Yeah, so, and that's fine. I mean, it's, it, and it also looks nicer, doesn't it? If you've got a nice strawberry in your glass of water, it just looks much more appealing. Very true. Alison, if you had to give some top tips, actionable tips for the listeners around menopausal skin and taking some steps to caring for it better what would they be first absolutely would be drink more water (laughs) that would be on the list put in place a good skincare routine eat lots of fruit and veg get your antioxidants in there to prevent cellular damage stress management that's a huge key and also we, we see immediately in our skin if if we haven't had a good night's sleep so Seven to eight hours sleep is really what is recommended. I know that probably sounds a lot for most people, but that is something we should be aiming for, for skin health. And then sun exposure. Be careful when you're out in the sun. There's nothing wrong with going out in the sun, but just make sure you protect your skin. And one other thing, actually, that we haven't spoken about that is key is your gut bacteria. So that the microbiome, which is the gut, bacteria is key to skin health they've actually seen in studies how if you haven't got a good mixture of gut bacteria this can cause to leaky gut and this causes inflammation in the skin and irritations and allergies eating uh, fermented foods like your sauerkrauts uh, kimchi uh, kefir live yogurts is, is crucial for gut bacteria yeah that's that's coming up so much in nearly everything and so many people like yourself come on and say gut health and I think that's becoming I think a big knowledge bank for Mm. us that looking after our gut particularly when we are in perimenopause and our hormones are not balanced and our guts sometimes aren't what they once were we need to look after our gut health through our diet and through as you said making sure we have enough pre and probiotic foods as well to encourage a really healthy microbiome. So mm. yeah, I hadn't made that link to skin, but it does make total sense. Yeah, it's it's fascinating as you, you said, Clarissa, that the gut bacteria and there is so much research coming out now on how it affects many different things of our mental well being, but it does affect the skin and you can make sense when you think about it. It causes allergies and, and real irritation in the skin. If you've got leaky areas in your intestinal tract, that is basically these substances are getting out into your circulation. It causes huge problems with your skin. So gut health, crucial, yeah. Wow. So, Alison, it's so fascinating. Skin is fascinating, yeah. this biggest organ of our body. Exactly. And <laughs> we forget that yeah, one we do, quite don't a lot. People don't, they don't, people, a lot of people don't even think of the skin as an organ. But it is our biggest yeah, organ. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and it's pretty ashamed sometimes how badly. Yeah, it's it's, okay. it's like our face to the world, isn't it? Like the first thing when you talk to someone is their skin on their face, and we take don't always aren't very kind to our skin sometimes. No, absolutely it's not. Amazing. We don't. We don't look after it the way we should. Alison, how can people get hold of you and learn more about the work that you do or work with you? The best way to get in touch with me is on out on social media or my website is www.acbnutrition.com and then I'm on Facebook and Instagram at, at Cara's Nutrition Kitchen and Twitter, I'm uh, Pink Tea Room. But I've also put together for your uh, listeners, Chris, a, a lovely ebook on uh, skin health and with meal plans and recipes and, and some advice on what you should be eating and also lifestyle modifications to boost your skin and get your glow back. That is wonderful. We're going to put your details in the show notes and make sure that there's a link through to this great ebook so people can learn more and be more proactive about taking care of their skin thank you Alison thank you for having coming on the show I bet you've shared a lot and a lot for us to think about but also a lot of really actionable positive tips that I hope you my listeners can take on board and an action or if you're already doing them see what else you can do to improve it we don't have to have rubbish skin in perimenopause and the more we look after it we're not going to end up looking older and wrinklier as we go through our next phase in life. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Clarissa, for having me.